Showtime's The Shy just wrapped up its third season with an episode called A Couple, Two, Three, and it dealt with a small wedding, uh, a small funeral, an adoption, an election, an arrest, and so on and so forth. We'll get into it, but first I wanted to ask you, you saw the premiere of the first episode a long time ago, right? Yeah, from my television and cultural studies class. Yeah, and what do you remember of that? I remember it followed a lot of different characters around Chicago. Um, but Southside Chicago. Southside Chicago, yes. Mm-hmm. But the main character it followed was Coogie. And uh, Coogie was this character that at the very beginning of the show comes... Wait, to- sorry. Because I just watched the third season finale. But what you just said snaps into place with uh, what happens in the last episode and the previously. Mm-hmm. And also what I just watched in this episode yeah well it's kind of the basis of the show because kugi at the very beginning of the first episode comes across a dead body in his neighborhood and the first thing he does is he steals from it like he steals shoes and like the guy's wallet i believe i think he steals his chain and he uh takes it and he buries it um just to kind of like know where it is for later but the cops end up catching him and arrest him how old is kugi kugi is around like i'd say 16 to 18 okay so he's older than like papa and jake and kev right yeah okay and and he's he's the character who was played um on my block the character that like was about to be killed by that one other in the first season okay so he was someone that i recognized and i was like oh that's cool yeah it's kind of crazy hair and stuff but uh what the episode did so well and what did that I thought was well done with, uh, with unconventionality is that it uh, followed a lot of different characters and you saw different characters um, in the storylines and then it would go to their perspective. Yeah, the thing that confused me was I thought it was like a coming of age story for a certain set of characters, but it did present itself as sort of an ensemble piece yeah. where there was a bunch of different storylines we were following and definitely not only the younger kids that that were the main characters it was a lot of the adults no, of and my favorite characters Emmett and his wife uh, Tiff mm-hmm. at this point um, they they did a good job I think of of really balancing the drama right with their humor but let's go on uh so coogie dies you said yeah coogie he dies in the first episode because what ends up happening is Ronnie, and that's like a, one of those shocking deaths right yeah like, he's the main character of the show it's like Reed diamond in the shield where okay. you're like oh they killed him off uh because spoilers <laughs> yeah ronnie uh his kid who died was the one that coogie came across and robbed and I believe ronnie comes across what coogie stole so he thinks that coogie killed Ron, uh his uh, son mm-hmm. and so in the end ronnie ends up killing coogie by the end of the first episode yeah and so as you probably heard ronnie died at the end of last episode getting shot in the yes, head yes i did yeah and the guy who shot him said something along the line like this one's for coogie motherfucker yeah and so it was, yeah it's i felt like that was cool when i was researching it because again it was something i understood and it was all the way back from the first episode that they were tying into season three yeah well season three finales tend to be pretty big for shows and they tend to have some pretty big moments where either you get some big people leaving or sometimes the show's identity starts to change so i was watching this episode and thinking to myself what could possibly be foreshadowed here that next season people might think oh the show's gone so far away from its its premise. Original premise, yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, since it was the first time I'd seen the show, it was really hard to do that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I know that a lot of shows for season three also like to tie up like maybe their first two seasons loose ends and then season four usually like it's kind of like a fresh set of like a new series. I know Sons of Anarchy kind of worked like that. Yeah, it feels like sort of a new show is birthed through the season finale of season yeah. three sometimes. So that's what I was I was hoping to see. Um, that said, there were some big moments in this one. You had Ronnie's funeral to start off the episode. Yes. And in the previously, you could tell Ronnie was still dealing with the guilt of killing Kugi. Yeah. And you he, he's been dealing with the guilt the whole series. Yeah, but he's also been like sort of a drifter character that people rely on, if I understand yeah. it correctly, because there were a lot of people who came up to his um, to his funeral like wake part where he was there and and kind of said their sorries or thanks yeah. to all the things that he had done. He was kind of actually a character that reminded me a little of BoJack Horseman, where it's like, yeah, he did something bad by killing, you know, Kugi in the first episode, but you're supposed to actually, like, feel kind of sorry for him and understand his position, and he's supposed to kind of be almost a protagonist throughout the series. He is by the end because, so there's this story with Keisha, um, who apparently throughout the season has been kidnapped. Yeah, at the end of episode five, she was kidnapped by a person named Omari at a bus station. And for some reason, I'd seen her poster, like a poster with her face being the big one. So I assumed that she was the main character of the series. Yeah, and so when well, she, for this season, at least, she had a big part. Was she really? Okay, because in this episode, she really didn't have that much airtime. Mm -hmm. So I was watching this thinking, well, that's that's courageous for the show to end its third season and not show the main character too much. That said, she did have her own important storyline. She, I guess, had been kidnapped and raped um, while she was kidnapped. Ronnie came to save her and actually was part of the reason why she was saved. And then she ended up, ended up killing her uh, kidnapper. And she was pregnant. Mm -hmm. And her mom wanted her to get an abortion. And I think everybody was on the same page that she would because it was this villain's baby. Right. And she started having second thoughts over that and so throughout the episode you see her talk to a few people who you grow to respect as their characters either have kids and know how serious a decision this can be yeah i know that the storyline revolving tiff was that she was pregnant but then like somewhere off screen during season two she got an abortion it seemed so i thought she had a kid tiff because of the wedding ceremony at the very end she has the kid there and then also well, in the previous episode i think that she had a one abortion throughout the series okay so. so yeah this is a series that moves at a fast pace it does have soap opera-ish moments where you have some crazy stuff happening all at once mm -hmm. but it delivers in some of the other aspects like the funeral which i don't think milked too much of the emotion from the audience i think it was legitimate um one of the ways they use music they do a lot of jazz type of muted horn and uh, you have the piano that's constantly playing in the background so it does feel as if there's a flow to each episode um, at least if this is telling of the other episodes yeah, I assume it is yeah um, it's interesting because if you look at the production quality versus something like Shameless you can tell that they both come out of a lot of money because they're both Showtime shows and they both deal with South Side uh, poverty stricken communities but one at least with Shameless is more like white trash. Like every place that they have a setting is looks like a dump and that's on purpose. Well, here it looks like every setting is, they're doing the best with what they can. They have- Yeah, this show has a lot of production. It has uh, Elwood Reed Inc. 
funding it. Hillman Grad Productions, Freedom Road Productions, Verse Productions, and then it's even executive produced by Common, and also it's on Showtime. I think even Fox has some money into this, so this show definitely has a budget to it. Yeah, but when it comes to, like, the restaurants and stuff, and also the backgrounds to the kids' rooms, like, there was an Archer poster, there was an Obama poster, just a lot of little, like, small nods to the audience if you pay attention to that sort of stuff. Like, Otis Perry, right? He's Duda, the owners of Perry's Pizza. Mm -hmm. He's running for mayor or something against uh, Camille. And Camille is, you can tell, an LGBT rights like advocate. And her campaign is like very honest and above board because it's hinted at that Trigg and Jake and the wife of uh, Otis Perry is are all trying to make sure that he loses the race. So they, yeah, and even the wife of Otis Perry endorsed Camille. Yeah, and the reason she did that was because Otis was being a dick to her. Mm-hmm. And so Camille has this cool scene where she's being hounded about why she's not using the material she got to basically win the election. The evidence, yeah. And she's like, I'm not going to be your pawn. And right. it was cool to see. The only part I had a problem with was at the end when she just conceded the race and you had a really small scene with her and her staff and she basically was like, well, we well we lost, but we did a tough campaign and then that was it. It felt like there was probably a lot of expectations throughout the season of this big deal going on where you had these like different sides and the problem with Otis Perry winning is he is a giant like mafia type guy. Yeah. Like he's not only blackmailing um, Trigg and Jake now, he's gonna use Trigg as his own personal like errand boy for all the crime that he's been doing. I have, yeah, I have a short description of him here um, from what it says, successful businessman and mayoral candidate by day, stealth leader of a brutal gang by night. He's a selfish character. That's what I wrote down. Not only selfish, but he's also won the pizza award like four years running. Yeah, and he was even trying, <laughs> he even had custody of Jake, but in this finale, um, a character named Trigg, who is his brother, he's been trying to get custody of him. He does him get the custody whole season, in the episode. He, yeah. he gets custody of him because Duda didn't show up, right? Yeah. Yeah, but that's on purpose as he later shows yeah. up to blackmail him into getting the money for trig right um and that storyline was interesting because you could definitely tell like there was a wire aspect of like okay i'm this show be- this show has been compared to wire a lot for its like nitty-grittiness and like yeah. kind of darkness it's not as good as the wire like not, no. not even close but at the same time very entertaining i like the episode and again if we're going back to characters like tiff and uh emmett like there was scenes to their wedding. They they took up the the most of the episode. Right. So there was like a bachelorette party, and then there was a psychologist like who was kind of talking to them both about their wedding. And you could tell that everybody was very hesitant to 100% say this is a great idea for you two because you could tell that both of them had gone through a lot in their relationship and that they're a young couple and that there had been like background history but their personalities sync so well because they were both sort of sarcastic and jokesters and they didn't care that one another didn't know them 100% if you want someone who knows your favorite ice cream and your favorite uh, band and everything about you you can just get a stalker Mm -hmm. but like the idea that um, Emmett knows some things and that he loves her and vice versa I assume just shows that it, it's at least worth a shot so they started the episode on that funeral with Ronnie and then they end the episode on the wedding on an upbeat note and it makes you realize that like maybe there is a future for 
everyone despite the fact that they're dealing with all this i think that um the show did it that way because at the beginning of season three i believe it starts with the wedding um and then it goes to a funeral but i'll get into that kind of later because um the show has had kind of a crazy background in terms of things that i don't think they saw like unforeseen conclusions no kidding what happened um, well first off i'll start off with the reviews as a 7.4 on imdb and um, that's that's okay it's, it's okay. not as high as like some of the really acclaimed shows mm-hmm. out there and Ron tomatoes um doesn't have a consensus for season two or season three but has an 87 percent for season one uh, has three tomatoes for season two one rotten and then one tomato for season three now when you go on imdb and you search the top or you search the first two seasons you see that it has like you know mid sevens probably highest low eights um and then you go on to season three and you see that the scores have dropped, except for the second to last episode, which is the one where Ronnie dies in, that has the highest score of the whole entire series, which is an 8.9. I'd imagine. It seemed pretty tragic in the previously. Yeah, and it, well, apparently what they did was they did this, like, Ronnie's going to be going, and he's going to be starting a new life. He was even baptized by the father and all that stuff, so mm-hmm. it's like he's about to start his new life, and that's kind of where they left the tragedy. But in terms of the show... They've had some characters leave that they didn't want to. Um, there's a character named Reggie who was killed by motorcyclists in season two finale, and that's what uh, led Trig to be introduced this season and try to get with Jake, uh, his brother, so that they could be together, so that Trig could keep him safe. Is um, Trig a new character? Yes, Trig is a new character this season. So I assume that um, his his girlfriend is also a new character. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, but go, go. the thing about Reggie was uh, they didn't want the star to leave. But they killed him off at the very end of season two because it was speculated that the star quit after refusing to engage with a transgender love interest that the writers were kind of throwing out there. And so they gave it to Trigg. Because Trigg, is, his girlfriend, is trans. Oh, that makes sense then, yeah. So they gave it to Trigg and they took his storyline. So I- Imani, who is an interesting character because apparently she killed her father because her father found her dressing up in drag and the father was going to freak out and kill her if she didn't kill him first. And that will happen when she was a child. It's interesting because the parallel with all the other people who had killed people. We had Ronnie who'd killed someone. We had Keisha who'd killed someone. We have Kev who shot someone. Yeah, and then we also have Trig who shot uh, the killer of his brother. Yeah, so you have a lot of people dealing with the guilt (laughs) of shooting people. And the thing about Kevin's Kev's story is that there are a couple um, not soap opery moments, but more like after school special moments, Mm -hmm. which gets into the part of the show that I wasn't too crazy about. And that was mostly the ones that felt forced because you had this ongoing storyline of Emmett and Tiff getting married. You had the cool funeral. You had the pastor getting um, arrested by the police and he has one of the funniest like one-liners that he says he says uh, this ain't nothing but the devil mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like okay um but then they have these other scenes that just felt so pushed in there and just there for the fact that um they had to address the subject yeah. for instance like this is an ma show that gives you a warning of sexual content suggestive dialogue language violence so you know going into it it's like an adult show yeah, that you're adult, watching yeah. But then you get the directors forcing down your throat like these simple ideas, like the idea that trans people are to be respected and that they 
are born that way and that there's nothing they can do about it. Like if you are an adult living in today's era, you shouldn't have to have a television show give you a scene that just has someone sitting across the table being like, well, I'm happy you're going to that school because they're teaching you the right thing. And then there was another scene with Kev where he loses his virginity, where he says something along the lines of, well, that is it supposed to be that short? Because in porn, they make it seem like it's it's not. And it wasn't delivered in like a funny way. It was more delivered in like a serious, like actually like like, like it was teaching a kid something like yeah. something you'd watch in a sex ed classroom to tell you that porn isn't what you should believe in because the other the the girl literally says to him like porn exaggerates everything and you can't take it for for granted and then it was like okay i know yeah, yeah i know legion <laughs> i know legion kind of did the same thing in one of their episodes with the john ham thing where he kind of like made a speech about like uh, hate speech and it's like obviously you don't have to say that like we know hate speech is bad and, and you shouldn't do it yeah, it, and I wouldn't be as upset about it if it wasn't for the fact that the other parts of the show were able to deliver similar um, situations. Like the whole idea of it having in a complete African-American cast and being able to show like some of this crazy situations, you know that those are also exaggerated. But the the emotion that goes into Keisha when she's delving into trying to find out whether or not she should have an abortion or not, and she's talking to several people even though that's also kind of sending you a message about like how you should you're it's not an easy decision how you're allowed to make your own Con- situation yeah. yeah despite who if your mom is telling you something or other like they, it felt like they were doing that a better way because they spent more time on it and they didn't try to just knock it out like the next scene with Imani and Jake was just her getting mad at him for not doing the dishes not respecting her that way and it made it almost like a false equivalency with the fact that she was trans and I was like those are two completely like different levels of like seriousness yeah right and uh, this episode has the lowest rating of the whole series as a 6.2 um but people not like the wedding because I like the wedding well (laughs) here's the situation season three has run into some problems because the main act Brandon, who played Coogie's brother, the actor himself um, was fired after Me Too allegations came out after season two, and then Uh-oh. the show kind of suffered from that because they had some pretty uh, like ta- good talent behind the show, like Lena Waithe, who was the first African American woman to win an Emmy for outstanding comedy writing. She wrote uh, the Thanksgiving episode and Master of None. She ended up leaving, and then uh, in the second season, they had this person named Ayanna Floyd Davis. Uh, she ended up being the showrunner, and then after the whole entire thing uh, with Jason Mitchell, I think that's the Brandon character's name, uh, after that all happened, she didn't want anything to do with the show, so she left, and then they brought on this other guy named Justin Hillian for season three, who's worked on uh, other shows like Snowfall, Superstore, I'm Dying Up Here, he's been a producer, and There's a, a writer. I don't even know. Yeah, well, yeah. It, but the problem was is that, like, the Brandon storyline had more things to go. Like, they had to get rid of some detectives uh, because he was going to be in this next season gain info uh, against uh, the Duda character. Mm-hmm. And so they had to get rid of those characters that Brandon was even with. So the show then went into this ensemble type of deal. And uh, people were really mad with how they handled Brandon's death. But honestly, because that's what they did. They killed him off at the very beginning of the third season. Um, they didn't show it or anything. They just had the casket. Uh, and so... I understand why they did it that way, but a lot of people were just mad that they didn't get, like, any closure, and then they were, like, really mad this season because they felt like a lot of storylines were either rushed, forced, or just poorly executed. Now that you say that, it it does add up because, like, with 
as much as it's cool to see the drama of some of these things, like I said, the mayoral the mayoral campaign kind of just ended right, at yeah. the end. Keisha's uh, abduction, I don't know if there was a lot of explanation given before it, but it felt like, like where did it come from? Well, yeah, seems- I mean, the whole entire point is that at the end of episode five, um, that's when she got suspected. They were, like, doing, like, a, oh, is she... Uh, like is she alive or is she yeah, dead? Yeah, don't you see how that could be like? Oh, we could spend we instead of focusing on what we lost with Brandon's character, we can make the right. storyline. And, and, and a lot of people were mad that they spent a lot of like I read one Reddit post that said that they spent like eighty percent of the story on Keisha's storyline, and so well, as I said, she's not a, in the ending right. one and, at and, all. So and I know that the uh, the actress was really happy uh, for season three because season one and two she's kind of been a recurring character, but when she learned she was gonna have this big story arc, she was really excited to become a main cast member. Mm-hmm. So that's something that they changed kind of in the show as well. So the show has gone through a lot of changes, and a lot of people are saying that at this point it possibly has jumped the shark. So yeah okay so when i was looking for reasons why it might jump the shark in season four and onward i may have been looking too late yeah like it may have already done that and that's why it was harder to pick up on those things that might change because things have already changed yeah another character i haven't heard you mention yet is uh dom she was a chef that i believe was introduced this season and people feel like her storyline didn't really go anywhere and that like it was just there to fill up time what was her storyline, though? That she just owned the restaurant with Emmett. Okay, well, Emmett did get the barbecue at the end. It was the same day that their opening was the same day that uh, Ronnie got shot. And one thing I wanted to add on to earlier when I said that the pastor got arrested was the fact that when he asked why he got arrested, they didn't tell him. And, like, I've seen that done in a number of shows where they give you your Miranda rights, but people are, like, demanding to know why they're getting arrested. And a lot of the times the cops don't tell you. And that is true. Like, it's not actually in the Constitution that a cop has to tell you why you're going in the back of their van and yeah. they're taking you somewhere. And they might be keeping it for, like, next season? It's considered, like... No, no, no. They, they explain it later oh, on. Okay. But it's considered good police practice, too. But they've actually had cases go to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court literally say, like, no, it's up to the states. Yeah. And only some states have it where they have to tell you. And that's only if it doesn't, if they don't have reasonable doubt or whatever. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, yeah, he ended up going to jail because he was, like, money, money laundering okay. for Camille's campaign or something. And then um, his kid, like, throughout the episode ends up confronting his dad and being like how can you be a good person as a preacher if you're going to do this how is that going to look on me and how am i going to grow up that way yeah and he's like well you're going to be better than me and then they hug it out and it seems like everything's okay yeah, yeah. One, one thing i found that was cool was that they actually shot this on location in chicago so mm-hmm. i wonder if they do the same with shameless or not i wonder yeah but, uh, <laughs> they were yeah, because the places do look a little bit different. Yeah, and I remember when I was looking at the show, like you said, the it definitely looked like the South Side of Chicago, like they're able to sell well. Yeah. I want to comment also on my favorite scene, which was probably when the not the dad, but Emmett's like f- stepfather, I think. Mm. Yeah, when he t- brings him to his bachelor party. Like, the bachelorette party that they throw for Tiff looks like a lot of fun for her because it has all her friends there. They're drinking, they're telling stories, they're laughing. Even Emmett's mom is there, and she's having a good time, too. But with Emmett, his stepfather brings him to, like, 
a, a massage parlor. There's no strippers. Uh, there's none of his friends, that which they yeah. joke about. And he signs them up for a couples session because it's cheaper and he had a coupon. <laughs> and as soon as he hears that and they come in, the two masseuses, uh, to, to start, yeah. he's like, nope, I'm getting married. And, and then he just leaves and he doesn't really have a bachelor party at all. And it was just that interaction that was pretty funny because the stepfather was also the one who stole the groom outfit and the bride outfit and uh and he was also telling him to get a prenup and so he's basically the character that's kind of cheap cheap and funny and also like not the best of characters as far as his uh, morals are concerned yeah yeah um and other than that i think we've covered most of the thing that most of the things that happened in the episode uh is there anything else from the background of the show that you want to talk about no that's basically well, it. is there any season four that we should be expecting uh no news has been reported yet uh the show has not gone renewed or canceled but it has 10 episodes every season so this is the 30th episode and it just premiered on january 7th of 2018 the first yeah. season so it just is funny to me that duda owned a pizza parlor because you've heard about that like story about the gang guy who money laundered through his pizza chain, but then the pizza chain became so successful that he yeah. ended up being able to kind of pay his way out of any gang responsibilities and just became a legitimate businessman. Yeah. Like, that would be so funny if that's the way they went with this, where it was like he ended up improving the community as mayor and realized he didn't have to put people into place that were going to just did, did increase they, crime. Did they set him up as the big bad guy? Because I know he is. Completely but, yeah, so, yeah. because he's not only has he just won the, like, town, basically, but he can put whoever he wants in charge, and he already said he's going to do that. So he's going to put in his own crime boss people in big power positions just to make the city more dirty um, and benefit from it. So it doesn't look like it's a good thing for the characters. Yeah, if this was like a superhero show, um, what's his face from Daredevil would have just won. Mm -hmm. Vincent D'Onofrio would have just won. Wilson Fisk, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, yeah, but overall, it wasn't too bad. You said it didn't have the best of ratings. As a season finale, though, it felt like they wrapped up some storylines. And if you like Emmett and Tiff's storyline, then I'm sure that you probably got some enjoyment out of this episode. Right. And, and it, mostly, most of the bad things that I read uh, were from fans. Critics seem to like this show, even the third season. Like, I know Vulture liked the show. Mm-hmm. So. And you can always trust the critics. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we'll leave it there. And thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks.